coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, our tie atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Oh, hey there. Good afternoon. Oh, yo, you got a hot mic there? You too loud or what? Good afternoon to you. Oh, no, I got really close for that one. You did? Yeah, did it make it, did it, was it all distorted? You're trying to sound all sexy like Barry White. <laughs> I do have a Barry White-esque appearance, mostly in the uh, the stature. You're a little thick around the midsection, are you? Uh, m- more than I should. Oh, yeah. how about below the uh, belt? Well, you know, this is a family program. No, I meant your shoe size. Oh. You have uh, abnormally large feet. You know what they say about people with big shoes? What's that? They have big feet. They do? Yep. Oh. You know, here on the, uh, on the Eon Project, not only do we strive to enlighten and educate, but also to frighten and laminate. In case you were just wondering, that's uh, yeah, that's our new show slogan. Oh, that's a new one because I had another, I had another one that I thought of on the way over here. What'd you have? So we dredge the depths of human experience mm. to bring you the mucky, soft stuff that you step in when you go swimming in a lake. You know, you had a, uh, you had a, uh, a maritime reference last week as well. I did. Well, you know, it's summer, so you're, you're thinking about uh, the beach and boating and tubing. You talked about barnacles. I talked about barnacles of wonderfulness last mm. week, yes. What is a barnacle, you think? Is it, it's, uh, it's a crustacean that uh, adheres itself to the hull of ships. Ooh. And then you have to scrape it off erstwhile, uh, or it will uh, it will deviate you from your course. Because if they all build up, it, it'll, it'll... So if there's too many barnacles on one side of the yeah, bottom of the that's ship, correct. It'll, yes. it'll throw you off? So they do what's called careening, which mm-hmm. means that they, uh, they roll the ship on its side while it's in shallow waters, mm. and they scrape it off. I didn't know you knew so much about, um, like... I watch a lot of pirate shows. Naval uh, mm-hmm. things and such. And naval lint. Yeah. So what, what, are, we do, what are we doing so, today? Well, this week on the Eon Project, we have a very uh, special program for you. We do. And uh, we're going to get into that in a moment. We're going to... Dis- well, should we tease the topic? Well, how about... Let's talk about what we what we did last week. Yes. We had a good response from that particular Yeah, last week we had... Program. Oh, yeah, last week. So last week was a follow-up, a follow-up episode to yep. Grandma Betty's Haunted House in uh, Indiana. We had a special guest who told us all about living there, growing up in that area. Uh, it was very compelling, very interesting program. Uh, we got a lot of good response from it, a lot of good uh, feedback. Yep, that was uh, that was Miss Tanika. Yeah, that she was, was a good uh, guest. Pan Man 51's uh, actually sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I've been given permission to use Pan Man's real name. Oh, what is Pan Man's real name? The revealing. It's Brent. Oh, hi, Brent. How did that sound? That, that, that was perfect. So I bring that up. I bring that up because... Um, you know, I, I was speaking to Brent this past week, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he's he's in the music industry. Oh, so he's in, he introduced me to a uh, a new and up and coming band. Actually, they've been around for a few years, but they're they're still making headway in the music scene. Okay, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about them later because we love music here on the Eon Project. Oh, yeah, especially uh, new and upcoming groups. So one of the one of the new segments we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna promote new and up- upcoming bands and try to get the word out there. Um, so about halfway through the program, we're going to do our normal uh, break about halfway through, and we're going to play a little music, and we'll talk about a, about that particular band. Great. Well, before we get into our topic, I want to tell you a little bit about something that happened to me this week. What happened? So, uh, and I may have mentioned this on the program before. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. However, uh, I have done a little bit of acting in my day. Mm. You're aware of this. I don't think I've discussed it on the air. Mm. Uh, but this week, I had a, a promising audition for a Hollywood movie. You did. Uh, I'm not going to discuss what it is, but it does star a an A-list person. Yep. Um, and so I went for my audition, and I wanted to tell you about it. How'd that go for you? Terrible. <laughs> the audition was terrible. It yes. was one of those times where uh, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, it was worth. It was worthless. Mm-hmm. And and t- just to give you a, a snapshot of how I believe it went or, or why I think it went poorly, uh, was as soon as I walked into the audition room, the casting director got up and left as soon as she saw me. Really? And and an assistant had to do the oh, rest so of the audition. Isn't that disappointing? Uh, yeah, because I automatically know that this is probably it for you. Because you, know, you were you were you were primed to make your uh, yeah you know you want to make a good impression and the the, yeah. the head person's in there and then she just gets up and leaves and then mm. you go oh, so you didn't you didn't have a good audition no you? and but you know what I met some cool people in the uh, waiting room yeah because you know everybody's in the same boat everybody's a little bit nervous you make small you talk there. with everybody you make small talk and everybody's super nice and polite you know I was in a movie once yeah <clears throat> uh, a major motion picture event and actually I bring this up and I'm I'm glad you mentioned it because it was on. Cinemax last night, so I recorded it because I haven't oh. seen it in a long time. What movie is that? Uh, it's a movie called Rules of Engagement with Tommy Lee Jones oh, and yes. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. And some yes. of you think this is a joke, and it's not. It actually happened to me. Yes. So when I was uh, fortunate enough to be on active duty in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and I was standing post one day, I was standing the gate. Like a postman? I was uh, standing on the gate, and I was making sure that uh, you know uh, evildoers and uh, terrorist sorts weren't making their way through the gate and they're doing attempting else. to blow up the base or steal or steal MREs. So as I'm standing there. A vehicle was coming in the outbound lane and mm-hmm. pulled over and stopped. So I thought they may have been in distress or needed some sort of help. Right. So I went over there, 
And it turned out that it was a casting uh, agent, a casting oh. director for a movie. And he liked the cut of your jib. He did. He stopped. He looked at me. He said, wow, you uh, you really fit the mold, my friend. <laughs> wow. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, uh, well, we're filming a movie at here. Fir- wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You probably thought it was sexual at first. I it did. Was, it was some sort I of did. sexual advance by some man. I did. I got very excited about yeah, that, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, seriously, he goes, uh, hey, we're filming this uh, military-themed movie not too far from here. Would you uh, would you like to take part in this movie? Uh-huh. Of course, you know, you know, knowing me, I, I said yes. Well, you know so, what happened was he just needed to fill some spots, and he saw a dude in a uniform. So probably, said, hey. but you know what? Uh, right on the side of the road, <laughs> he uh, obviously being in uniform and on duty, he took my picture. My, oh. I took a full body shot and a headshot of me. Wow! And he said, "Hey, come out for the auditions. Uh, you know, whenever that, whenever that was." Okay. And I went out there. And you went for an audition. I did, How and did I was I an extra in the movie. Oh, so you were an extra? You auditioned to be an extra? Well, I didn't really audition. I just kind of no, went, went there. Just kind of went there. Went there in uniform. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I got to meet Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, you did? How was he? I did. He was, uh, he was a great guy. I like to hear stories about when people meet celebrities thing. because so often you yeah. find out. You know what? I like to hear stories where they're nice, mm. nice people. You know who I heard was actually, I have a really good friend who uh, is in the uh, the haunted house business. Yeah. And uh, she was at a recent conference. Uh, you know, they have those haunted attractions and whatnot. Anyway, she, she was at one of those conferences and she met Norman Reedus. Uh, from uh, Walking Dead. Oh yeah, yeah. And she said he was the nicest guy. He looks angry. That's right. But he apparently is a really nice guy. He took time to talk to everybody and took pictures and was was not a jerk. But you didn't let me finish my story about my. Oh, being I'm in that sorry. Movie. Yes. So if you watch Rules of Engagement, the very final scene when Samuel L. Jackson is acquitted of all war crimes. Well, thank you for those who didn't see the movie. Ah, it's you old. just gave it away. Yeah, whatever. So he walks out of the courtroom and he walks across like uh you know an open area, the parade deck. He walks by the flag and everything. Right. In this. Of course, in movies, they have to have troops running, course, milling about it, it, everywhere. It always looks like there's a there's million tanks things going, going by on. and Humvees <laughs> and troops marching all over the place. Right. And uh, I was in one of the formations in the back, and he walked by, and uh, we, we saluted him as he walked by. Well, that's exciting. And you I, made, I, I made I $50 off the movie. Hey, I think I remember that scene. And actually, didn't he break military protocol during that scene? Uh, by doing what? Didn't he walk between the unit commander and the unit? I think if I remember correctly, he was walking across, and he walked between... The unit, whoever was marching that oh, platoon, maybe. and you can't do that. I can't remember. Anyway, you can't do that. You get no. beat up for that. No. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, so let's. What, what are we doing today? <laughs> so today we have a we have a special show because we, do. we have a live guest. Because we have a guest, and normally uh, you just hear us droning on and on about stupid stuff like we just did for about ten minutes. But now uh, we have a special guest today. We're going to be discussing all manner of things related to aliens. We're talking about the ones from from out in the nether regions of the universe. Extraterrestrial aliens, yes, not not like from Mexico. That's right. So I think what I'll do is I'll introduce our special guest here. That sounds great. Because I feel his eyes burning into my synapses. Oh, he's here in the studio from the side of my dome. He made it through security. So uh, I'm I'm just all I'm going to say is his name is Joe. Hi, Joe. Joe's here, and uh, and and Joe. What I'm going to do is, Joe, I want you to uh, you're going to introduce yourself a little bit. Talk a little as little or as much about yourself (laughs) as you'd like. And uh, and we're just going to guide the uh, the discussion as we go, and, and maybe a little bit about your interest in in the topic today at hand. Hello, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, you have a you have a sultry, a sultry radio voice. voice. Yeah. Wow, that was good. I've been practicing. It's so deep and booming. <laughs> All right, just speak naturally, and you'll be good. It's the only way. Little... Yeah. So, what brings you here today, Joe? Well, I've discussed with uh, one of the hosts in depth about the topic. Um, as I always say. I look at the topic from the perspective of an anthropologist. What that means is that essentially what makes sense. Mm. I'm not looking for wild conspiracies that are going to shock everyone, things that don't make sense. Like I always cite uh, people that go on Howard Stern. Some of the things they talk about are a little too made up after the fact. Right. That's a little too much based on fantasy. And they make make way too much money. That's not us. No, we don't. We make nothing. You're getting paid nothing today, by the way. He's not getting paid? No. No. There's other things besides money that have value. I have some beef jerky you can have later. Besides that, <laughs> half eaten, little protein. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you're looking at it as a, you're not a scientist by any means. Um, oh, maybe you are. I don't know. Are you? Uh, I guess I could give myself that title <laughs> as an amateur scientist. Uh-huh. So you've you've studied things over the course of your life, and you look at it more from a uh, uh, like a scientific approach as opposed to uh, a supernatural approach when it comes to aliens. Exactly. And I always make the reference that, for example. If modern-day scientists were studying, let's say, a tribe in the Amazon or a, part, a lesser-developed part of the world, mm-hmm. how they would go about understanding their habits, how they developed. So looking at it like that, but from a reverse angle. So basically, if there are more advanced life forms outside of our solar system, if they were to study us. Right. So we can almost kind of take a step back and say, well, what would we do if we found 
a less advanced alien civilization? How would we proceed? Right. So you take those basic principles. It's almost like foreshadowing as to, you know, what would they do if they found us? So that kind of almost gives away some of the possibilities. So, again, it's not anything like, um, you know, some of the stories you hear or like an, an episode of X-Files that's like a huge conspiracy. It's like very basic in what makes sense. Mm. And that's what interests me, and that's what I've researched. Hmm. So I'll even I'll even take it a, a step beyond that in the sense that I equate it to um, not not necessarily like humans overlooking, you know, a tribe in the Amazon because the hmm. tribes in the Amazon are humans and they're self aware right. and they can understand that people are observing them. I would almost look at it like because I think some alien races and civilizations, which I do believe that they're out there, are so much more advanced than us than that they'd be almost like we're like ants in an ant farm so to speak you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you you have an ant farm and you you just watch and watch the little worker ants and they do a little thing they dig the little tunnels and things mm-hmm. and, but they have no idea that you're there the only way they'd know you're there is if you opened up the thing and you smashed them you know what i mean so, so I f- right so okay so so basically the only way we would know is if they interfered with something that we were doing basically is what you're what you're getting at correct if they made themselves known to us which i i think that they they certainly have the technology to mask themselves from observation Hmm. i believe um and i think the times that we that people do uh you know quote unquote see things i think that they're they're being allowed to be us to be seen by them Uh you do know what i mean yeah well that makes sense so on that topic if i may sure one of the things to think about is how old a life form is Mm. so for example if all life evolves at the same rate give or take one billion years ago, what do you gentlemen think was the most evolved life form on the planet? Probably like an amoeba of some kind. <laughs> yeah, a little more than that. Bacteria, basic yeah. bacteria. So using that principle, if there's an alien species out there from an, another part of the universe that's, let's say, evolved a long time ago before us, let's say a billion years ago. Mm-hmm. So if they're a billion years more advanced than us, technologically and, and an evolutionary standpoint, where would they be? So let's compare... an simple bacteria to a human right and using that comparison what's the next you know phase of evolution how many how much more advanced is a human to simple bacteria a a billion times more advanced Mm. so what would a life form that's that much more advanced than us be like well the whole thing is that we wouldn't know right maybe they're non-corporeal they exist as pure energy hold on non-corporeal right this guy's smarter than us what does that what does that mean i've never heard that word before corporeal is what we know life to be we exist in a physical mortal body mm-hmm. non-corporeal would be like almost like the force like you exist beyond the uh, limitations of your own body like, like you're like so, a spirit yeah like you're a ghost kind. so yeah. what he's saying right now mm-hmm. is that star wars is real it is that's what i just got from this yeah. yes very exciting <laughs> i will stand by that very yes. exciting so the, or or in a billion years life can evolve past any form of evolution and they can go into you know supercomputers or who knows they could be you know massive life forms that who knows it's beyond our comprehension it'd be like trying to teach algebra to a mouse right we can't figure it out exactly and so I'm, yeah they I'm, could be exactly all around us flying around right. us and we we wouldn't even know how to see them so. right and, and you know it's it's when you look at the when you look at the numbers of in terms of the universe as far as stars and planets out there it's it's simply mind-boggling and only what we actually can observe in the known galaxy in the known universe you know i think there's something like a hundred billion a billion stars in our own galaxy and then there's like a hundred billion stars in the known mm-hmm. universe so i mean it's almost like it's not infinite but it's pretty darn close if you start multiplying how many planets around the stars that are out there so it's 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 mind-boggling to think what actually could be out in the universe well, you just touched on something that's important though and a lot a lot of that is theoretical so they they theorize that there is right. this many stars and this many galaxies but you actually can't verify that that's not something that's verifiable we don't have the the technology well what they do is you know through the hubble telescope and things they can they'll 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 center in on a portion of the of the night sky and they can you know through calculations and see how much is in this particular square how many Mm -hmm. how many stars are in this square and then they can you know figure Mm -hmm. that out mathematically how many would be in the actual solar uh, uh, galaxy well to go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago then how would you talk to the flat earthers about uh about everything like that, that, that supposedly all of the stars are just holes in a giant dome that is above the Earth. So we, they're flat Earthers. Yeah, we're not we're not going to give that any credence. No. Today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then this is very this is an interesting uh, introduction to this topic. Yes. So my question is this, just based on that brief introduction. So how do we then explain uh, instances in the past and of the UFO extraterrestrial phenomenon is really only about what. 
70 years old, something along the, those the lines. The modern phenomenon, yeah. Right, the modern phenomenon. Yes, thank you, good point. So uh, how do we explain instances where people have seen UFOs or encountered aliens supposedly and met with them and so on and so forth if they are such an advanced species that we that they could stay uh, cloaked or you know hiding? How do we explain those? I think, as I said, and, and maybe Joe has a different take on this, but I feel like any... Uh, any advanced civilization that that may be coming to Earth um, and observing us or interacting with us when they want when they are seen, I think it's because they they want to be seen. Okay, you, you know what I mean? Do you understand? No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, okay, so let's talk. Let's go back to the the epicenter of of UFO topics of the modern era, which would be the Roswell incident, 1947. Sure. So supposedly a UFO crashed. Mm. Now, would this be an instance where? Their technology failed, and because of that, that's the only reason we were able to to recover an aircraft or recover uh, bodies or whatever the case may, may have happened. So is that is that what took place? There was a technological mishap which allowed us to so do that. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to Joe on this and let him talk a little bit about Roswell before I give you my opinion on, mm-hmm. on the Roswell um, incident. So okay. you give, if you want to give a quick Thank you. overview of, the, uh, of that particular incident. So uh, one of the reasons why people believe that um, UFO sightings skyrocketed, like you said, 70 years ago, is, of course, because of World War II, Mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. Number one, here's an aggressive species. We kill ourselves by the millions. You'd want to keep an eye on a species that does that. If they kill themselves, they're certainly going to eventually try to kill you. Right. Um, So after World War II and during, we emerged with um, some technologies that were almost like the next stage in evolution for a species. Splitting the atom. Nuclear weapons, probably the largest. Computers, rockets, radar, the jet engine. It goes on from there. Antibiotics came out around that time. Mm -hmm. So that's why many people think that that's the time when sightings of UFOs skyrocketed. It's the the twofold, the technology and the violence. Mm -hmm. If we were a peaceful species, maybe we wouldn't be cause for too much concern. So if you found, let's say, a tribe somewhere in in, the Amazon rainforest, and they just developed rifles or muskets or some type of weaponry, and they were extremely aggressive, and they killed each other. Here's an analogy. North Korea currently <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> developing nuclear weapons. On that right? topic. Yeah. Right, so right. speaking of uh, Roswell, the thing that always kind of puzzled me, which made me research it, was why would aliens be flying around in Roswell? Look at the globe. What are the most remote areas if you wanted to hide? The Pacific, the bottom of the ocean, over the Himalayas. Wouldn't you be maybe near some important military installation like I don't know, Lachlan Air Force Base or something where there's technology. Why would you be in the middle of the desert? So what I found is that where was the first nuclear weapon created and tested was in New Mexico. Right. So that is something to me that kind of makes sense. Because mm-hmm. if, for example, if it hadn't been Ros- Roswell, if it had been Barrows, Alaska, what's the significance of that area? I don't know. I'm sure you could come up with something that's near the North Pole. It's where the Soviet Union and the United States are closest, mm-hmm. a lot of Air Force traffic, whatever. But that's what I think. If the Roswell story is true, that craft maybe was observing the nuclear facility. Well, also, isn't it true that the uh, at Roswell, there was an airfield at Roswell, a military airfield, okay. and the bombing group that was based there was the bombing group that supplied the aircraft for the uh, first atomic bomb dropping on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Ooh, the Enola Gay? Was, uh, that, and and I, the number escapes me, but yes, that... The, the home base was Roswell for, mm. for that bombing group. Mm. And supposedly at the time, that was the, only, that was the only bombing group in the world that was able to drop a nuclear weapon. Right. And, and going back to uh, uh, you know, a previous incarnation of this program, we did a whole episode on UFOs in the military. And one thing that's a, uh, you know, a common thread or a common theme amongst UFO sightings is that they do center around military installations. Sure. There's some, been some in, this, uh, you know, in our own country, obviously Roswell being one. Um, there is a uh, there was a, a a Nike missile site in uh, Maine where there was a, a, a an important UFO sighting that occurred there. Um, the Rendlesham Forest case in um, in the UK, which is something that we could actually do a whole show upon, sure. which is one of the most documented UFO um, encounters in modern history, and that was a that was also a nuclear weapons facility, a site there. Well, and the, but the 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 uh, a very quick observation that's that could stem out of that as far as against alien activity extraterrestrial activity would, would be to say that yes that there are a lot of sightings around military bases because that's where new weapons are tested that's where new aircraft are tested and something that may look completely foreign to you right as, a, as even as a member of the military could be just a, a weapon that you haven't seen yet and going back to what what joe said i think that i think that they're observing us i think they're interested in what we're doing i think that 
it's even a possibility, and we can talk about this later, that we even may even be, have been seeded intentionally by alien species on this planet. It's maybe we may be an experiment of some kind. Oh. You know what I mean? So if you let's say you have a hamster, mm-hmm. you got a hamster in a little cage, you brought him home from a pet store, you know, you petting that little guy. His name's Bruce. And uh, Bruce the hamster. He's cool, you know, and all of a sudden Bruce becomes self-aware and he starts finding ways to escape his cage. And uh, while you're gone, he's trying to break his way into your uh, into your safe where you're keeping your guns. And he's figuring <laughs> out how to use them and things. You're going to be very interested in that and probably want to know what's going on there. So hmm. uh, so I, I get that concept of them wanting to see and, and observe what's going on. Oh. So in terms of the, the Roswell case, what, what's your opinion on that? Do you, do you feel as though that specific incident where supposedly a UFO crashed and we recovered it? Um, is that is that the uh, your belief that that's the narrative that we should we should go by? I'm actually undecided about that. I try to keep an open mind. Mm. I mean, how many times in the course of history have has someone come up with a theory? For example, the Earth orbits the sun. It's been ridiculed and shot down, and then we find out a hundred years later that it was accurate. So you have to almost keep an open mind to everything. This UFO stories that I've heard that I completely dismiss. I think it's completely insane. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know enough about that particular incident. I actually almost intentionally didn't study that too much. I looked at other incidents that were a, a little less noticeable. I kind of think that's where maybe some of the answers lie. And, mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that made that famous is it was, like, the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's been cases since then. It's almost, like, gotten a little old. It's almost like, you know, maybe a band that has a one-hit wonder and gets all the attention, and then the, the songs they make moving forward gets a little less. So that was the first big one, big incidents that, you know, was in the media that got everyone's attention. And then, you know, when it happened later on, it was like, eh, you know, people had divided their their opinions. So, so here, here's my take on that, and and I I in, encapsulate Roswell uh, amongst all supposed quote unquote recovered alien uh, craft incidents. Right, I just have a hard time wrapping my brain around, or even uh, uh, rectifying. Rectifying is that the word? Mm. Or re- reconciling? reconciling, reconciling. What does rectify mean? When you fix something. Oh, oh yeah, you fix it. Rectified. Oh, that makes sense. Reconciling. Thank you. That's for that the word I'm looking special for. Special little glimpse into your thesaurus. <laughs> I, I have a hard time uh, reconciling the idea that aliens. Uh, we just talked about how much more advanced they are than us. That they can, uh, you know, traverse the great expanses of time and space, come here, observe us relatively undetected. But yet when they travel here and then suddenly they lose control of their craft <laughs> and crash into the earth. Maybe it was a female driving. Oh, could be. Female. That's what happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just alienated most of our uh, You know, I was going to say, I mean, most of our listeners. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said. I find, lady, that was Jay that I find that. lady drivers to be the best, most aware drivers they are. They're on the, the best. road. The safest, the best. Anyway, how could that be? I mean, I guess it's possible that at any, you know, it still is a machine and they still are like uh, biological beings. I guess they could fail. You know they're not they're not perfect, but I, I find that hard to believe that they could do all that and have such great technology that all of a sudden they come into Arizona and they forget to put the brakes on, or New Mexico, and they crash into the desert, mm-hmm. and then they let us recover their bodies and all that stuff. I, I have an issue with that. You said bodies, body, the body. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> I didn't say toe. You didn't say that yet. I don't like the word toe. You just, you just said it though. Oh damn, I did. Well, anyway, well, so that's that's an interesting uh, take on the Roswell thing. Uh, but the, you know, throughout throughout the the, uh, the past seventy years or so, there's been a number of cases um, that were considered, I guess, to be high profile or, or at least sensationalistic or whatever, what have you. D- do we want to discuss a couple of those uh, and see what, what everyone's opinion is? I have sure the biggest one to talk about. Yeah, what do you moment. got? Go for it. So, <clears throat> have you ever seen the movie uh, Fire in the Sky? As a matter of fact, yes, I've now, seen that movie. Yeah. Now, the only thing I want to bring up before I talk about that movie at all is that. The end scene where he meets the aliens—that was—that was just for the film. That's not what that was he, not part of his accounting. Exactly. Okay. That was made for the film because the film was supposed to scare people. I saw this movie; it was so scary. Let's go see it. Mm. That what, part was scary. It was very. <laughs> I was like seven years old when the movie yeah, came out. We're right. Like, it was very frightening. But that's that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed mm-hmm. to scare you. Kind of. They wanted to make it like a sci-fi horror movie to make it interesting, and right. that's exactly what happened. And Hollywood Hollywood does take right. liberties with stories. Maybe the best thing to do would be to go back and say and and. So the Fire in the Sky movie, obviously, this, it was, it's a very popular case, um, and it's about a man named Travis Walton. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, uh, you know, how all this started. I actually had the opportunity to speak to his cousin. Mm. Oh. And his cousin said that you know, he's the most normal guy in the world, and that kind of plays into this. So here's a man who had a family, who had no criminal record, 
he had a, you know a job he wasn't in debt mm-hmm. no history of mental illness typical normal guy so like me or, like, or I would say like a all, history of mental illness a little bit like all of us <laughs> debatable so uh, they actually have said that this is the most credible case because he was with I think it was he was with four of his coworkers and yep. and at the same time four or five yeah this basic story goes they go out in the woods. They were loggers. Mm-hmm. They were going to cut down some trees, and then they saw... This was in Arizona, correct? Right, in the in the forest of Arizona. They saw a bright light. They thought it was a forest fire, but it was moving, so they go to investigate, and allegedly they see a craft, which I think maybe they were ha- that ship was having a malfunction, if it's true. Mm-hmm. So apparently Travis runs out of the car, interested, wants to make first contact. Which is what I do. <laughs> makes no, the face. it's not. <laughs> makes the face. And he runs to this craft, and everyone's like, come back to the truck, come back to the truck, let's get out of here. And then allegedly the, the, there's some bright light comes out of the ship, and Travis is knocked out, and then his friends get scared, and they drive away. So they left him Nice there. buddies. Oh, my God. They were you, leave, he left his ba- their battle buddy behind. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wrong. That's not cool. They were never in the service like we oh, were to, well, to have done that. Not everyone's perfect. So apparently then they go back, they compose themselves, and... The ship is gone and Travis is gone. So what do they, what do you think they do? Most of these stories are after the fact. Mm. Two weeks later, we they'll go to the news or, like I said, Howard Stern, and they'll talk about what happened. And that's why these stories are not credible. But they do what all normal, sensible people would do, is that they contacted the authorities. They called the police, right? They called the police and right. told them what happened. Mm. So, Which they, is not something you would think somebody would do if, it were, if they were making something exactly. up. Or, yeah. Exactly. Right. So there was a legitimate investigation. They were, you know, doing follow-up. They were checking the area they were checking travis's basement is he hiding in his basement they're talking to his family members his friends so they, they obviously automatically probably assumed that something nefarious uh, had taken place and, and these guys were concocting a story to uh, cover, to cover up. up their crime correct That's exactly okay. what of course the small town sheriff with the you know the piece of straw in his mouth and the cowboy hat <laughs> and the thought. wheel gun yep. <laughs> yep. i think that we would all think that we would not think this story is credible so allegedly they all including travis when he you know, was found. They all passed lie detector tests. Hmm. I don't know how accurate those tests were in the 70s, but that's credible too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's what makes this story a little different is that there was an active investigation. You know, they were searching the woods. They had bloodhounds. They had helicopters. It's not like he was like, you know, hiding in his mom's basement trying to make some money. And on that topic, he declined to make profit from the story. Hmm. That's the thing that raises like, I kind of go, this yeah. is legitimate. This Here's a guy that didn't make money off of his book and, and the film, which he could have. So, hmm. So then apparently, and it, apparently all the time, the times line up. Um, I've even read that there was a, an Air Force I got airman nearby, about 10 miles away, who noticed a light, which was allegedly the ship, at the same time in the same location, mm-hmm. and he reported it to his superior. So that, that adds up in, uh, to the story as well. So Okay, so he was missing for a, for about a week, right? He was missing yeah. for a few days. I'd have to reference that. And, and, uh, and was, was found. Uh, so, and then, so where, where was he found? Was he found like what kind of condition was he in? Mm -hmm. How far from the actual uh, location that he went missing? Like, do we know all that stuff? Well, I know of it depicted in the film, which I think would probably be a little exaggerated in the film. He calls his friend from a payphone outside of a gas station. He's dehydrated. He's Mm -hmm. naked. He has like strange bruises. That's happened to me too, but it was completely, (laughs) I was going to say when I was overseas, it happened to me several times. Yeah, there was a few times. Spring break (laughs) on leave. (laughs) Liberty. I'm actually not positive about that. I, I, I've researched the what he claims happened when he was on the show. Okay. So we know that in the film, it's like this horror scene where they're like chasing him around and they're doing experiments and it's very frightening. And I'm happy that that's not what he said happened because it's, you know. That's that sensationalistic. Would be, I would be a little concerning. So what he claims to have happened, and actually I can find the clip. He wakes up in like a white room, kind of like you'd see in the movies. And he sees two friendly-looking alien beings looking at him. Mm. As friendly as they could look, I suppose. <laughs> they were just looking at him. So that makes me think maybe they gave him some medical attention or something. They right. were like, oh, man, like this guy got hurt by our ship. Maybe sure. they were attracted to him. And this was all part of a prelude, Ooh. you know, like a uh, foreplay. Now, did they probe sounds, him at all? Because that's sexy. what I'm interested yeah. in. Right. So according to his account, he woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially nothing happened. He woke up and he saw them. Yep. So he was obviously a little shocked and he, and he was scared. And he said, you know, get away from me. Put his hands up like he wanted to fight. And they allegedly put their hands up, as I'm showing you two gentlemen. This is radio. They can't see that. Yeah, he's like explaining. His, he put a, he put, they put their hands up in front of them like, hey, we're going to leave you alone. Yep. And, and they did leave him alone. Hmm. So, like, to go down the rabbit hole, like, did they do what he asked? Well, I mean, I can see already – if they if they meant him harm, he's not getting off the ship. 
Exactly. I mean, if and if he's if he's going to be physically aggressive to them, and they're just going to take care of him. But they're going to phaser him. Or right. Or you know, phaser set to stun, man. Oh so, yeah. You know, set your phasers to fun. Set your. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> they were at a party. So anyway, so so he so they find him a few days later. He's dehydrated. He's naked, which is I think is the most important part of the story. Yep. And uh, he and uh, to your point, so he, his version of events is kind of kind of lame. So exactly. Basically, there's exactly. nothing really there. He just says, "I don't remember much." Um, but but you know I was on the ship I saw the aliens and that and then I woke up here, um, so the, it, obviously that story doesn't sell real well so they created this exactly. this movie and this. Um, Is it possible that he was abducted by some uh, backwoods Arizona <laughs> <That's possible>. um, <laughs> hillbillies, and they took him on an LSD uh, laced adventure? Well, you know what's funny? That he barely remembers. If, if if there weren't five other witnesses, mm. that's probably what people would think. But there were five other people who so, saw. Let me ask you this, Joe: What did the what do the witnesses say they saw? They 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 just saw a light and a beam of light coming down, or did they see an actual uh, object in the sky? They described it as as a ship. Mm. Uh, I don't like kind of like a saucer. I think. So I mean, I've actually always wanted to try to pull the police report, but Ooh. I'm almost like you know, plug that in, you might you know get flagged or something. Who knows? I don't know. Probably, <laughs> You're on a list already, man. You know, I know they already, already know who we are. We're already listening. So, <laughs> so the other interesting thing that he said, excuse me, that happened to him on that ship is that he encountered humans. He described them as nomads. They almost look like you know Vikings. Mm. And so of <laughs> course he goes up to them, concerned, like, hey, you know, you recognize people? Like, what's going on? Where are right. we? And that's when he says. He fell asleep or whatever, and then he woke up and he was back on Earth. So that that wasn't depicted in the film, right? Which I think is interesting. Like, why would they leave that out? That's a pretty interesting thing. Is that is that a different species of human, or are there humans that work with them, or like the seat the seating factor, right. or what? I think it's maybe maybe they picked up humans along the way, and you know some humans may not like this the current situation that they're in on Earth, and mm-hmm. they say, hey, this is really cool up here. Well, in the film... Let's, let's hang out. In, in, in the film, and, and to your point, it's, it's, it's not at all like his account, his real account, um, but there was pods that mm. people were being stored in, and they were, there was dead people yeah. in there, and it was like body parts yeah. floating about. Dissections. Yeah, the, so yeah. obviously, um, completely See, different version. Yeah, and that's the part of uh, Hollywood that, that you know discredits actual stories, because right. people think that's... That's how it went down, and they look at this guy like he's a psychopath, right? You know, when really that's not how it was at all, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to do here is we're going to we're about halfway through the program. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, we're going to uh, play a little musical uh, number, musical interlude. So actually, let me before we take a break, let me introduce it. So as I was speaking earlier about the up and coming bands that we like to uh, we like to promote here on the show, there's a band that uh, my friend Brent here has introduced me to, and they're called White Fuzzy Bloodbath. Nice. Which is an interesting name, that to say cool the name. least. Um, they're based out of California, Ooh. and I'll talk a little bit more about the band here in a minute, but I'm going to play a short clip from one of their songs. It's called Gnaw, and we're going to let that play, and uh, we'll talk more about it here in a minute. So stand by. All right, that was a little clip from a uh, a band called uh, White Fuzzy Bloodbath. Nice. Yeah, they're out of uh, the Bay Area in California. Out of where? The Bay Area. Oh, the Bay Area. I'm assuming. I thought San you Francisco. said the Bear. They're from the Bear. Well, California is the Bear. The Bear the State, bear right? State. The Bear uh, animal is the uh, animal of animals. Yes. State animal so they of California. Are from the Bay Area. So that's uh, Miss Elise on uh, bass and vocal, and then you have Mr. Brock there on the drums. Nice. He can really uh, pound those skins. Mr. Brock. And then Mr. Dave on guitar and vocals. 
Nice. So uh, we appreciate the fact that they uh, like the Eon Project. Yeah, that's cool. And we'll promote them any way we can. Sure. Uh, we enjoyed that song, and uh, we look forward to more music from them. And if you want to, you want more information about where they are and what they're doing, they they play live like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Like nobody's business. Can you find them on the web? You can. I believe it's whitefuzzybloodbath.com. Well, that's a pretty distinctive website. And uh, you can get on there. You can learn all about them, and you can find more information where they're playing, what they're doing, and nice. uh, listen to some of their music and check them out. Well, cool. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, during the break there, um, you bumped the microphone with your head. I did. And I don't think it was recorded, but it actually reminded me of something, and I want to discuss it oh, real, yeah. real, real quickly um, because it explains a lot. So you sustained a very serious uh, head injury. I did. At the hands of... Uh, of, a, of an enormous man, Yep. and I was witness to it, and to this day I'm surprised that there were no lasting effects, but now I'm starting to think that maybe... I, I took, uh, had the unpleasant... took uh, quite the blow. It, the unpleasant experience of getting my head smashed off the side of a Humvee one time. Why don't you explain that? I will. So uh, when I was in my, uh, in the days back in the military, mm-hmm. I was in MOS school actually, mm-hmm. which for you non-military That's folks moss. out there... Is a military occupational specialty, so whatever your job is, you have a certain designation. You go to the school. You go to school for it. So I'm in school, and, uh, you know, of course, I'm young at the time. I think I was like 19, so I'm uh, full of piss and vinegar, if you will. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had, we're getting our, our period of instruction on the Humvee. Yes. We're learning, learning all about the Humvee. We're learning how to drive the Humvee, learning all about it, learning how to PMCS the, the Humvee, <laughs> right? Yes. And uh, preventive maintenance, checks and services, all yep. that good stuff. Yep, yep. So we went on a convoy. We're in a convoy. Uh, we got a convoy. Through the uh, the the very difficult terrain of the backwoods of Anniston, Alabama. Oh. Yes. The deep south. The deep south. I've served uh, there. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it a nice place? What a pit. Where, <laughs> where the, the, the rednecks are... are um, uh, also home to chemical uh, chemical school. Uh, it used to be, yeah. So used to, we used to run through clouds of suspicious chemicals. We did. We not were, knowing we were, what they we were. We were poisoned. Yeah. And uh, the strip clubs are uh, quite quite interesting down there as yep. well, I might add. Interesting places. So anyway, <clears throat> we're, we're on this convoy, and uh, you know we, for some reason, whoever was leading the convoy in our class decided to deviate from the path. They went off into the into the tree line, into the woods, Uh-oh. and uh, started running the Humvee through some random uh, obstacle course that was not <laughs> sanctioned by the military. Un- unauthorized obstacle Unauthorized. Course. Wow. Through uh, wilderness, through uh, pits, through dirt, through clay, through mud. And so what did we do? You got in trouble. We all followed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The whole convoy Classic. went through. Classic. Yes. Nice. So when we get to our, uh, our destination, uh, needless... Cl- clearly it's your fault. Needless to say, the class advisor, uh, our class leader, who was... Uh, Staff Sergeant, as I mentioned, Staff Sergeant Villarubia, who uh, in a previous incarnation was a drill instructor. What You know what? One of the scariest people I've ever seen so in my life. So in that regard, was he was not a kind man, no, to say, to say the not. least. No. He was angry, and uh, he was uh, big Scary. and strong, and I was just a little, uh, you know, peon, to say the least. So what happened? So he was pissed. Yep. So we got to our destination. We all uh, he yelled at everybody to get out of the Humvees. We all uh, got into formation, and so every every Humvee or not every Humvee, but every like say every fifth vehicle had a giant five gallon water container, right? Right, a big water jug that they were responsible for. And my fire team had the Humvee that was responsible for the water container. You were the water guys. We yep. were, and uh, so already he was mad. He was yelling at everyone. He was mad. At, he was mad when he woke up in the morning. His face was day. red. Yeah, uh, and he was screaming. So he wanted to know, uh, aside from dressing us down for going uh, unauthorized through the mud pits, he wanted to know who had the five-gallon jug in their vehicle Mm -hmm. because he he wanted to count everybody off. He wanted to count. So he said, everybody, raise your hands. And uh, if you have a jug in your your vehicle. So he started counting. And as he was counting people, they were putting their hands down. He said, no, no, no. He said, no. When when he counts you, put your hand down. That's not what I was standing right there. No. That's what he said. And you didn't listen. No, I put my hand down. But no. then he yelled at everybody to put their hands back up. You remember? So he recount. He took him like ten times to recount because of you. And then finally, he had enough. <laughs> he got to me, and apparently, I wasn't paying attention. I put my hand down once again. <laughs> Next thing I know, he he looks at me with these piercing eyes yes. that looked like lightning bolts out of Satan's bunghole, and he was coming at me full force. He parted the ways. He parted the three ranks in front of me, and I didn't know who he was going after. But he was going he was after coming me. coming for you, man. He double cl- double fist clenched me around the th- esophagus uh-huh. and pushed me back about 10 feet, 10 meters, actually. Yep. Feet, meters? No, they're not close. You can say feet. 10 feet. And smashed the back of my cranium <laughs> up against the side of a Humvee and started to choke me out. 
My eyes were bul- bulging out of my head. And everyone thought you were dead. Nobody did anything to help me. That guy was scary, man. Nobody. No. They all watched me get choked nobody, within an inch of my nobody life. Nobody wanted to be next. <laughs> and he was whispering in my ear the whole time saying that I was going to die. Yeah. And then for some reason, I don't know why, he let me go. And we probably th- had visions of Leavenworth uh, dancing in his head. He let me go. I collapsed to the ground, <laughs> picked up my five-gallon water jug, which I had with me the whole time, and got back in formation, and nobody said anything ever again. And it just... That was it. This training went on like nothing happened. Well, you, you got your punishment. You almost died. I did. He used to hit people a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of hitting that... You know, that's the thing. And, 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 and everybody here has been in the military. A lot of people who listen to the show have been in the military, but many have not. And it's, it's, been, it's become commonplace to think that those days are in the past, that that doesn't happen. It still happens. Mm. That happens. You know, he, I remember him, he, I think it was PFC Nelson that was in our uh, platoon, that he, we were on a formation run, and he kept falling out, and he punched him square in the heart. <laughs> he, hey, he, you know what? That's motivation. <laughs> he collapsed his heart. It stopped for a split, split second, and then it restarted. Jump-started him. And then he kept, kept running. So well, Somehow uh, he found the courage to keep going. I don't know where Staff Sergeant Villaruby is to this day. Well, I, I hope, hope he's, he's doing, alive. I hope, I hope he's, he's well. doing well. I hope he's well. Uh, I miss you, sir, and I love you. Anyway, so uh, we, 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 we've been discussing uh, aliens from an anthropological standpoint as far as uh, extraterrestrials and, and how they may be studying us, what they may be wanting. Right. Uh, and, and I think what we're going to do now is we're going to delve a little bit more into uh, some possible theories as to the, um, the state of extraterrestrial life in our universe. Sure. Do you have any, uh, anything intelligent <clears throat> to add, Joe, about what your theories may be in terms of uh, the intelligence out there? Not in this room, but outside of the, of, of the uh, in, into the cosmos. Yes. Well, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit is the Drake equation. So in the early 60s, a scientist named Drake mm-hmm. came up with a, he basically made up a formula to determine how many intelligent species there are in the galaxy. And he did all this math as the rate of star development, um, planets that can evolve life, etc. So he came up with an, a rough number of about 10,000. And apparently the math holds up today. In the galaxy or the universe? The galaxy. Okay. 10,000 in our galaxy alone. But I mean, how many stars are there in the galaxy? At least 100 billion we talked about earlier. So if you do the math, that's not that... Not not very common. Exactly. Mm. And then with the vast distances, as I said earlier during the break, that that the Earth's sphere of influence is about 100 light years. That Where that number comes from is that how long have we been transmitting radio signals and how far have they gone? So if you're in a alien spaceship the big satellite dish and you're listening for everything listening to everything you have to be within a hundred light years to listen to anything that we've transmitted so that's not very far considering that they estimate that the universe is 93 billion light years across Mm. so if you made that into a fraction we really haven't you know uh broadcasted ourselves very much you know what's really scary about 10 years no nine years ago uh jason and i had a radio program on am radio and uh, it's, it's, it's very scary to know that the words that we sp- have spoke then yes. are, are now making their way into uh, neighboring uh, solar systems right. and galaxies. They're traversing the expanses of the and multiverse. And they may now be listening to us as we speak. That's correct. That's one of the most scary things. It's going to keep me up at night. I'm you fine. know, uh, and, and to talk a little bit about that is, you know, there's the... Actually, it's, I think it's a... Go- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a government-sponsored but privately funded... Um, Endeavor, which is the SETI project, SETI, yeah. which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And I, I appreciate the fact that they're out there. What Basically, what SETI is, is there's a number of radio satellites around the Earth, and they're sending out certain signals out into the into the ether, hoping to either um, elicit a response from another um, intelligent uh, civilization or to capture something from one of these civilizations. The only problem is, is that they're very narrow-minded in their approach, mm-hmm. I believe. Because they're sending out radio signals in a very specific band right. mm-hmm. um, because they think, oh, well, if there's aliens out there, then they're only going to be operating in this particular band. How would you know that? No, you wouldn't. Well, the theory to that is that they they listen and broadcast to the frequency of hydrogen Correct. and water yep. because hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe that we that, that we think. I'm right. sure that's true. Right. And water, think being that water you know, is conducive to life. So mm-hmm. that's why they picked that. At least the life... On our planet, exactly. that doesn't necessarily exactly. mean that it that's necessarily it could mean nothing planet. outside. Because right. right. we're we're a carbon-based life form right. here on Earth, but what's to say that they're out in you know the universe that there's not another life form that's based on a different element of the periodic table? Mm. Like silicon is what they think would be the second most common. Imagine if there was a species mm. that was only related to 
let's say, uh, uh, what's, what's a cool element? What's a cool sounding element? Well, what about plutonium? Molybendium. <laughs> There's a molybendium civilization, man. Oh, my God. And they, they're all molly and weird ben- looking. Molly and bendiums. They look a lot like you, except they may have uh, appendages coming out of their forehead. That may be sexy to them. Who knows? Oh, that's, that is It may be sexy to hear. You know, you, <laughs> you, name, you name a physical deformity, there's a fetish for it, man. You tell me so, about yeah, it. And there's probably some pornography for it. Not that that's I would right. know. But, so, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. Uh, yes. So we were just... <laughs> not to dis- In conclusion, we've solved every yeah, problem. Yes, there we go. No, so so the theory being that there's that there's about 10,000, the Drake equation, that there's about 10,000 that are uh, worlds that can sustain, or planets that can sustain life as far as we know it in mm. our galaxy. Yep. So even if 1% of that is correct, that's what, 1,000 planets, correct? No. 100. 100. I'm sorry, 100 planets. Yeah. In our galaxy. Right. That can sustain life and there's how many galaxies a hundred billion so it's to me it's irresponsible to believe that there is not life somewhere else i mean wh- why would how could that possibly be which leads us to the next uh scientific equation which would be the fermi paradox mm. which i find to be interesting and correct me if i'm wrong because you're much more knowledgeable than i am joe however eh. from what i understand <laughs> of the Fer- fermi paradox is not pheromones no because that's what i'm uh, that's what i'm uh, releasing right now you didn't shower i didn't no so According to the Fermi paradox, there are so many worlds mm. that that sustain life that we should have contacted them by now, correct? So it's a paradox in that if 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 all these calculations are correct and they they've been you know held up by scientific standards, how come we haven't? But who's to say we haven't though? Right. There's no specific scientific proof that we haven't, but there is all this um, conjecture and um, you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hypothesis? Hypotheses? Well, the Hypothesi. thing is, and, and here's, a, here's an interesting point, because, you know, we, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit. So let's say the governments of the world know mm. that there's aliens and, and that we've been in contact with them. It, it's in their best interests to not acknowledge that, correct? That, uh, that th- for their reasons, for, sure. For, but don't you think that so many people would have to know that by now it would have come out? It, it would have it would have leaked. It well, there are there are whistleblowers here and there, right? There well, are people. There are leaks, Joe. Well, remember in Independence Day when the president didn't even know no, about I, it. Plausible, yes, I remember that. Plausible deniability. I wouldn't tell Trump. Well, that would guy. You? No, well, Data was running that. Uh, Data. That uh, I met him. That lab, you, Oh, really? You met Data at Comic Con. Yeah. Oh my oh. God! You go to Comic Cons? I've been to one. That's a lie. <laughs> no, I, I actually would be honest about that. I, oh, would, be, okay. I would brag him into three. I've uh, been to many, many Comic Cons, <laughs> and each time I've met Harley Quinn. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so the president might not even know, right? So this is something that's held at such. A, but they can't keep. They can't keep. People can't keep a secret about anything. No. Well, Stephen Hawking said that you know the government can't fix bridges or come up no. with healthcare. Right. So how would they keep a secret like that? They're exactly. doing a better job at keeping that as a secret than they are. with you know, public running public schools. So yeah, no, that makes <laughs> sense. You know, not completely off topic. I just thought of this. I don't know. We why. don't go off topic on this show. I ran. Ever. I ran into a guy the other day. Uh, I heard uh, about a guy, and his name. You know what his name was? What Juan Guano? Juan Guano. I don't know. That sounds That's like an interesting. Name. Name. That's Juan to remember. <laughs> I've used that joke once before. That'd be like uh, it, if we translated that to English, it'd be like John Poo, right? Yeah, yeah. that's about right. Yeah. Anyway, John Poo. So one of one of the issues that I have too is this this idea that we can. That somehow we've captured alien craft mm. and beings, and we've been reverse engineering their technology. Talked about that. Well, uh, I have okay. an issue with that. No, well, you you may have an issue with it, but Joe talked about it earlier. So yeah, if, if that's not true, mm. if we have not been able to re- uh, reverse engineer anything, or or not given the gift of technology by aliens, how do you explain the uh, the literal explosion of t- scientific? advancements that took place right around the same time because humans are smart and yes, humans are is, advanced that may be the case but in all of recorded history there was never an increase at this level in the, in the level of technology I don't know about that. up until a certain point right around that 1945 46 mm. 47 all of a sudden they start well it's the space age man yes but how did that start well it happened well it happened yes well that's that goes to say what we were talking about a few weeks back with the the prevalence of this ancient aliens theory. Now, do I believe that the, that aliens have been coming to the Earth since the dawn of civilization? I do believe that, but I don't think that they have been directly involved in the technology and advancements of humankind. The 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 Egyptians built the pyramids. Would you not agree that that's a technological feat for an for a primitive people? Well, I think it, like I think we discussed this on the show previously, where it's giving our ancestors a disservice, doing them a disservice by not giving them the proper credit, because there is. 
there is proof that they had advanced technologies and stuff that was lost to history that we just maybe not know how they did it. Sure. But but they, they were able to, to perform these feats that supposedly we can't do even today. But I would apply that to modern technology. I feel like there's advancements every day because there's smart people working around the clock. So what happened during the, 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 the long stretch between the early civilizations who had all this advanced technology? And I know we're got, kind of going off the rails of the topic. Technology thing. always advanced, though. From from the dawn of civilization. Well, well, that may be the case in certain pockets, but there was wide swaths of the earth that didn't progress. The Dark still, Ages and the Middle Ages. Yeah, but the, there's still civilizations that we talked earlier about uh, tribes in the rainforests of, of South America that, you know, they don't live have in dung homes. huts. Oh, no, that's Africa. Sorry. But they, uh, you know, they, they, they live they, in poop huts. They, uh, they live in relative... In the Dark Ages, so to speak, in terms mm-hmm. of their technology, you know, they have very rudimentary tools. Mm-hmm. They live in, uh, you know, in the woods, and they they know nothing about the modern technology of mankind today. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's always that there's there's always that um, you know gap between you know uh, primitive tribes and modern humans. I see. Yeah. Well, maybe we should give Joe a little bit more because we we've, we've been kind of taken over a little bit, but I think. Uh, is there any type of well? I mean, what are your conclusions? Because we're, we're you know we're drawing towards the end of the program here. Um, what are your conclusions about uh, your personal belief? Maybe you don't have a, a scientific background uh, or scientific evidence to prove one way or the other. But what do you think? What do you think is the case as far as um, alien civilizations? I think the most important thing to do in life is to keep an open mind. As mm-hmm. soon as you think you have it figured out, I mean, as I said earlier, how many times in history have people come up with theories that have been right? And right away they've been dismissed, like mm-hmm. oh, the, you know, the Earth doesn't orbit the sun, the Earth is flat. I, I mean, it's it's gone on forever. It's I mean, still going on. Exactly. <laughs> keep an open mind. Anything's possible. I always say, like you know, if you brought back the best scientific minds from two thousand years ago and but put them here today, they would not be able to comprehend things like the internet or or a, a Boeing seven forty seven. So who knows? We'll in a thousand years and ten thousand years we'll look back onto the early 2000s, and they'll be like, wow, they didn't have a clue about, you know, they didn't even know about the wormhole near Pluto. Right. They didn't know how to, you know, travel the speed of light, so. And Betty White will still be around. She will. She'll so be younger. She, she could be telling, yes. She's going to go through the wormhole. She's be Benjamin younger. Button. She's, gonna... she's reaching that, she's going to start <laughs> going down in age. At I'll this tell point. you what, if, if she's still alive when I'm 100, woo, she better look out. <laughs> well, anyway, nice. she's an attractive older lady, eh? She is. So the, so the key takeaway from all of this discussion is that we don't know. We don't know. And like Joe just said, you know, and, th- and that's my problem with with uh, mainstream science is the fact that they think they have all the answers. Or they, they, they're so confident that they have all the answers, but they don't. You know, and there's going to be things 100 years from now that they're going to look back upon and say, oh, my God, how, th- how did we ever think that that was what well, our beliefs were? And, and, and just to prove, I mean, when you watch, let's, you know, they have what's very popular recently is those shows that the uh, how the universe works and mm-hmm. through the wormhole and things like that. So you hear these theoretical physicists talk about, well, this is how it is in these distant. They have no idea. No idea. They're just guessing, really. I mean, they, they have, maybe they're educated guesses and maybe they're smarter than you and I. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. But that doesn't mean that they're right. And for them, as you said, what's right today is going to be wrong tomorrow. That's correct. So, any parting thoughts, Joe? Um, unless you have any specific I know, questions or topics, I know you talked about um, the steady incline of technology and how there's been times where that hasn't been so true. For, right. Familiar with the burning of the Library of Alexandria? Oh yeah. That yep. set us back. Who knows how much? So. Somebody left a toaster oven going, I believe. You know what, what that was? It was a hot pocket in there. <laughs> mm. You know, the and hot the, pockets can be deadly. Well, not yeah, only the hot pockets, the but like uh, the mouth. Tostitos pizza rolls or whatever. Oh, those are like vo- uh, those are uh, lava. Oh, my there's God. There's lava in there. You know, there's a warning on the label, but the, the warning is sh- clearly not... Uh, it's not sufficient. It's not strict enough. No. Because you put the hot pocket in the microwave, you take it out, the, the crust is still cool to the touch... And you're like, oh, this is okay to eat. You pop the whole thing in your mouth. Next thing you know, there's a nuclear explosion, hydrogen bomb going off on your uh, palate. You're mm. burning yourself, 72-degree burns in your mouth. Your tongue's falling degrees. out. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Well, you know, you're supposed to – you don't you don't just dive in and eat the whole thing. You gotta what are you supposed to do? Out of it. Take a bite out of a Hot Pocket? Uh, yeah. Not a Hot Pocket, but a pizza roll? You put the whole Hot Pocket in your mouth at the same time? No, no, not a Hot Pocket. You a must be some roll. kind of star. A pizza roll. It's an appetizer. It's a oh, bite. It's a little oh, bite. It's a, a nugget. Roll. It's a little nugget you just pop in there. So some poor Greek guy was walking around trying to heat up his his Hot Pocket and burn down the, the Library of Alexandria and curse the world to thousands of years of darkness. He did. What about, Unbelievable. What about the new MRE 
uh, pizza. Oh, oh let's talk oh, about Why don't you tell me a little bit about right. that? So, so we've like uh, we've partaken in MREs over the course of oh, yeah. uh, yes. my military career, and my favorite was the ham slice. Oh. I don't even know if they have the ham slice anymore. Ugh. Nasty. But every day they're coming up with new and interesting innovations. For our fighting men and women. So apparently Joe has partaken in a recent experiment when it comes to the MRE. Why don't you oh. talk a little bit about that and uh, what, it, what it was like for you? I think we were coming back from the field, and we had a formation that um, Army Natick Science Labs, which is right near Fort Devens, was going to... They were going to force us to test the new MRE pizza <laughs> You're Kind of like when they forced us to take anthrax. Ma- we didn't exactly. want to. Mandatory volunteer. Yeah, exactly. And there was a lot of people that didn't want to do it, including a master sergeant. It's like, I'm not going to do it. And it's like, apparently we've been ordered <laughs> That's it, I'm not doing to it. do this. <laughs> we're like, we have to, you know. We I'm going to, to jail because I refuse to eat a pizza. 89 soldiers have to do the taste test. And they had us fill out a survey and they told us. And, oh, and, and, and a waiver. Anytime a they waiver, make you oh. sign anything, that's yeah. always a warning. So. They're like, and no talking because we don't want you to talk about <laughs> like which flavor you like and don't like we're all like uh oh yeah okay God. do you have to report any side effects that you may have incurred so we're eating it and then like so an hour later and we're like nah, how do you feel I'm like i don't know I don't how do know you how feel? feel i feel lightheaded i don't know how to feel uh, you got all these scientists looking at you going and they got clipboards and like oh let's watch this guy he's, he's like he's breaking out he's <laughs> turning green radiation but it was so, good it so what flavors did you have uh i had a new type of um of bread, I guess, which was awful. Oh, not the shelf, shelf, shelf stable, shelf yeah, stable, it was the sh- yeah, yeah, shelf it was stable, like the wheat, wheat snack bread, and then oh, uh, <laughs> and then getting fancy, the actual pizza, which was I didn't heat it up. I've never since OCS, I have not heated up an MRE. Okay, I'm oh. all cold, but it was not. That's hardcore, man. Da- yeah, damn right. Yeah, takes too much time, you know. Yep. So I've eaten every MRE cold since I've commissioned. Oh. And uh, so I ate the pizza cold. That's what I, you know, just to save time. And it wasn't bad. It, was like, it a square pizza or a triangular pizza? It was square. And like oh. someone said, like, when you're eating an MRE, you have to think, like, I'm out in the field. I'm hungry. I'm tired. doesn't matter. I'm just going to eat it. Exactly. So mm. I rated it pretty good, you know. Oh. So it was t- it was just a cheese pizza? It tasted like, you know, if you bought, like, a micro- microwave pizza from the gas station and you ate it, like, 3 in the morning. Like, oh, this oh. is pretty good. This is Especially if you've that's had a few hy- beers. That's not a hypothetical. That happens. Uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, that, that's yeah. how I based it. So, <laughs> You yeah. know, I, I'm wondering if they still can, because it's, it's been a while since I've had an MRE. Do they still include the... Uh, what we what we refer to as the it was it was it, the official title was an oatmeal cookie, but we called it oatmeal butt plug because if you ate it, yes. you didn't go to the bathroom yeah. for about three days. That's How about right. The cheese, whenever you have the any, cheese, yeah, oh, the cheese, the cheese was uh, was a hot item. Everybody was trying to trade. Gotta for get the that cheese. cheese, man. It came Try, with the ham slice. One. I tried to get to the pe- get rid of the peanut butter and trade for the cheese. Yeah. Nobody wanted that. My experience was the opposite. Everyone wanted the peanut butter and to ditch. Really? The che- yeah. Oh no. Oh man. Times, Times have, have changed. changed. Yeah, you know, it's funny because <laughs> you, you get the uh, – when I first got exposed to the MRE, there was no heater involved. No, but then they started that was us, a new thing. They started yeah. giving us a heater, yep. but then they took it away when they realized we could make IEDs um, out of yeah. it. Yeah, people were making IEDs out of it. Uh, yeah. And it says right in the instructions, heat it up, like lean it against rock a rock or something. Or something. Rock or something. Yeah, or something. so that was interesting. Yeah. So that, that was a good uh, program. Well, you know what? We talked We talked a lot about – and it, this was more like a theoretical show, which we haven't it really was, done. Yeah. We haven't done too much of that theoretical uh, uh, discussion, which I thought was pretty interesting. We had mm. – a knowledgeable guest, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, somebody who knows a lot more than you and I, which is, is, is not new. He's got a good radio voice. You know, yeah. he sounds good. He's, yep. he's deep. He's well-spoken. Thank yep. you. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there was no whiskey imbibed on this show. There was so no was whiskey today, although we'd sober. like to do another uh, alcohol show. You know what? The alcohol show that we did, the whiskey show, was very well-received. It, it got was? Some of the highest ratings that we've gotten so far. It did. Was was for the whiskey You know show. what would have made this show even better? If we had whiskey and yep. talked about aliens. Mm. That would You know been what? Awesome. Yeah, we should, we should do that next time. We will. Wow. And that, well, before we end today, we want to give the uh, the website out. We have we've yep. had uh, a couple of additions to the website. We changed some stuff around. Actually, uh, so if you go to theeonproject.com, that's theeonproject, t h e e o n project.com. Yep, you will be able to link to our uh, social media pages. You can see what we're doing, uh, and actually, we have our YouTube channel going so you can actually see visualizations of our show we're not on there yet yeah no it's just like a uh you don't see us per no. se but you see like little wave files you and see things. a wave and then the music and then the uh the show plays yeah which uh some people like yeah uh, but Good you know it automatically respect. uploads to that so but yeah no we'd like to uh we'd like to thank joe for his uh interest and knowledge yes, in the you. subject of aliens and uh oh and before we go I wanted to mention this quickly because yeah. uh, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. But you guys, you Game of Game of Thrones fans, oh right? yeah, yeah. Watch, Game of watch Game of Thrones. Yes. So and military guys right. as well. So uh, something I wanted to mention, Mike and I discussed before about the White Walkers. Yes, right, and how they're going to get around, get get past the wall. Yeah, walk around it. So apparently, George R. R. Uh, 
Martin, right? Yes. Is the guy that does the fire and ice. He does the, uh, he, he's yeah. the originator yep. of the Game he's of the Thrones author, story. Yeah. Yep. So apparently he's very much interested in military um, history. He lo- loses a lot of, a lot of um, historical events in his mm-hmm. stories and, and, you know, translates them into the fantastical world, so okay. to speak. So we asked the question a few weeks back, how are the White Walkers going to get beyond the wall? Mm-hmm. Well, let me just ask you this, smart guys. Uh-oh. How did the Germans... Okay. How did the Germans penetrate the Maginot Line I, at I the beginnings very, of World this War II? Is, this is exactly how they did it. They went around it. Then there was also a famous uh, fixed fortification that they went right through. Mm. So, <laughs> But the main idea was they went around the wall. They just went around the wall. That's right. exactly what the White Walkers are going to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to the sea. Yep. The sea is going to be frozen over. Oh. And they're just basically going to walk around the end of the wall, and they're going to penetrate the the southern regions of I, I don't, of Yeah, that. I mean, so basically what, we're do, what we have is in the, the realm of Game of Thrones, they're relying on old technology, such as the French were prior to World War II, uh, in construction of the Maginot Line. Exactly. So, uh, so uh, their technology is Because the flawed. French were known for their... Uh, very robust fortifications Actually, and their smart their military. Bad. Yeah. No, no, they were until they stopped at Belgium. <laughs> and they said, oh, they're not going No one will go around. Ah, Belgium's neutral. They're not going through Belgium. There's no way. Ah, they did. Yeah, they look did what happened. Anyway. anyway. Remember what Patton said, that fixed, for- fixed fortifications are the monument to the stupidity of man. Oh. If man can overcome oceans and mountain ranges. Exactly. Good quote right there. Anything that man builds can be overcome. That's correct. That makes sense. Anyway. Okay. Well, thanks. Yes. Uh, great show. Yeah, thank you, Very Joe. Interesting. Thank you, thank Joe. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. And, and uh, tune in uh, next time where we will talk about something else that's Something really else. Yeah. We're uh, looking to do a three, three-part three oh, arc. Got some pretty good uh, guests coming up, too. Yep. Uh, besides today. True. We, we've got uh, some interesting paranormal guests. We have uh, a couple of those lined up and uh, some interesting shows coming up. Absolutely. So, just remember, until next time, the truth exists. Believe it.